to IdeaGen TV. Today, I am thrilled to have with us the honorable and esteemed Jeff Terry, Vice President, Corporate Social Responsibility and Sustainability at GAF. Jeff, welcome. Hey, George, how are you today? It's good to, it's good to be with you and it's good to be back uh, with IdeaGen. It's been a, it's been a little while. Well, Jeff, you know, it's, uh, it, it's really astonishing uh, on so many levels to think that you and I were having a conversation in January of 2020, and we were actually talking about, you may recall, the 10-year span, that runway to achieving the global goals of the United Nations, those 17 global goals. And and we were talking about you know the metrics and all the things that you're doing and here we are three or so years later and it's just the world is completely different isn't it and technology has expanded you know and changed uh the workforce has changed yeah. the world that you live in every day has changed and we're about to have an incredible conversation i know about all of the incredible things that you're doing on so many levels. And so I'd like to go right in, right in and ask you to please describe for our global audience a little bit about GAF because you're doing so much and specifically your responsibilities at GAF. Yeah, you betcha, George. You know, it's GAF, it's uh, North America's largest roofing and waterproofing company. We've been around for more than 135 years and, and we're a part of Standard Industries. Standard Industries is uh, globally the largest roofing and waterproofing company around the world. And what we do is really focus on helping families protect what matters most to them. And that's whether it's their homes, their businesses, or what have you, and really focused on ensuring that uh, people are, are living and working in, in safe, decent, and, and dry places. And, you know, at its core, that's really what, what GAF is all about. So, um, my job, I'm Vice President of Corporate Social Responsibility and Sustainability for GAF. What, what I was brought here to do nearly four years ago was to really help the company focus on a new priority, a new enterprise priority within the business, which was social impact and, and kind of that being defined by how we show up kind of in the communities where we live and work and where our customers uh, live and work as well, both from investing in community development as well as addressing some of the most critical issues facing our society today and on the sustainability on the environmental sustainability side of our of our work is how do we kind of one ensure that we operate and tied into our business strategy how do we operate in a way that both provides good economic performance for the business as well as environmental performance and then ultimately develop and innovate new products and technologies that are designed to really help address some of the most critical issues in our society, whether it's around climate mitigation, around urban heat reduction, or, or what have you. Well, Jeff, and, and you know, having followed your career, you know, I, I stand in awe of your leadership, especially in corporate social responsibility and sustainability. I've had a first row seat, a front row seat on seeing some of the most incredible leadership skills and the impact, quite frankly, which is so important emanating from those leadership skills. And so, 
what inspired you, Jeff? What what was that inspirational moment where or moments that led you to pursue this career in sustainability? And I, I guess I'd like to take it to a, a, a further level, which would be how did you get involved in the roofing industry? Yeah, George. Oh, my gosh. Where do you want me to start? You know, I think at, at the core um, kind of, of in, in my life, I, I come from a, a family of, of construction workers and teachers and educators. So I've, you know, from very early in my life, I, I was taught how to build things and then ultimately how to teach other people how to build things. And, you know, that led me uh, down a path of focusing uh, and this may age me a little bit uh, around the whole kind of area and opportunity called sustainable development throughout the the mid late 80s into the early 90s and with the the change of the regulatory environment in the United States around or away from a command and control uh, mentality or approach to more of an information driven regulatory model where information was really putting different pressures on the private sector and, and other sectors to perform and, and operate in different ways. I was really inspired by that work and you know had the opportunity kind of as an applied and behavioral economist to recognize that this kind of the, the, the utilization of information to drive behaviors, whether it's at an individual organizational level, was something I was really interested and passionate about and recognizing that kind of full system change was needed to really address some of the most critical issues in the world. So I started early in my career as a as an economist and, and focusing in the material sector, um, whether it was chemicals, petrochemicals, ultimately that went into building products. That's that's where my career began. And recognizing that building products are, are used to really help improve the lives of people, whether it's through affordable housing or small business development, um, it's all connected. And, you know, so that's where it really started for me in, in my career. And then understanding how kind of the power of the private sector to really help address some of the critical challenges we're facing in society we have a we have a critically important role kind of in working in partnership with other sectors to really help address those those issues straight on and probably the the first issue i ever really kind of became passionate about and this went back to my college days was affordable housing and working with incredible organizations like habitat for humanity at a very personal level that then kind of inspired me to incorporate that in how I worked with my company and helped to drive our company's approach to address an issue like affordable housing. I had a great opportunity at Whirlpool Corporation earlier in my life to, to really help kind of us take our tools, our resources, our products and use them in a way that really helped to improve people people's lives in a significant way. And kind of every step I've taken over the course of my career, which is all in this area of sustainable development and sustainability has been to do that. How do you kind of take the resources, the tools, the products, that expertise and kind of share those with others 
other organizations or government um, to really head on uh, and take on some of these critical issues that we're facing. So that's a kind of a, a high level way of saying it. But, you know, I think my life is at, at every step of the way has been focused on how do you take the tools that you have available to you and deploy them in a way that actually helps people uh, and it helps lift people up. And, and that's really at the core of, of everything I try to do. Well, again, I've had a, a, the privilege, the absolute privilege uh, as a colleague and friend um, to watch, watch that leadership and really the commitment that, that just, just profound commitment to humanity first, right? To, to, to doing the right thing. There's something to be said about that. And the world's greatest companies, when you come around looking at the world's greatest companies, there's always some kind of an ethos baked into what they're doing, right? And that's even more important today, maybe than ever, than ever, as we see um, all of the innovation. And you're a disruptive innovator. You like to disrupt, you, you challenge the status quo. You know, you and I were having a pre-conversation about the reason why train tracks today are four feet, eight and a half inches wide. And the profound answer to that is actually not profound. It's very simple. Actually started with the Romans and the width of two horses was four feet, eight and a half inches wide. And therefore, it just stuck. And to date, no one has really challenged the fact that perhaps it could be wider or thinner or whatever it may be. And it also now derives the amount of innovation you can do. The solid rocket boosters on a, on a rocket cannot be more than four, and, four feet, eight and a half inches wide because of our infrastructure today. So think about that for a moment. When you're watching the rocket go up, it can't be wider than four feet, eight and a half inches wide. So interesting. And you're playing this leading role in innovation. You're right. Roofing, housing, affordable housing, sustainability, communities, people, right? What role, Jeff, do you see innovation playing in advancing sustainability in the roofing industry and beyond? And how do you support and encourage this innovation in your work? George, it's a, it's a really good question. And I love your example too, because even with innovation, there's guardrails or there's guideposts that, that need to be considered. We know we need to, to cover a building. We know we need to cover a home to make it kind of watertight, if you will. But you know, innovation at its core can come to life in a lot of different ways as it relates to the built environment. I mean, I mean, at kind of to start 39%, I'll give you a great example. 39% of atmospheric carbon is comes from the built environment. So at, at its core, there's two different ways in which kind of whether it's manufacturers or construction companies, everybody that feeds into the built environment has an opportunity, a role to play in improving our environmental footprint and impact that the performance of buildings can have on the environment overall. And, and I think through that lens, there's tremendous opportunity for the role at which 
the intersection of sustainability and innovation really come to play. And a number of things that we do and have focused on is how do you reimagine kind of the material makeup of the products that can go on on top of a building or on top of a home? You know, we created kind of the first asphaltic shingle, which you hear asphaltic and, and you think, oh, that's a non-renewable resource. Well, our goal is to actually create kind of a circular economy within the roofing sector and has been the first company to really imagine invest in and figure out how to take shingles that come off of roofs and building or homes and buildings and turn those back into shingles um, that go that can go on the next roof and you know that is a um, that's a technology that's an innovation that has taken a tremendous amount of resources and time to figure out how to do it because the chemistry the the approach to how you take this material back how you process this, this material and put it back into a shingle product uh, is very very complicated but it's also critical in how we think about the material health of the products that we make another good example george would be to to really look at what are some of the critical issues beyond kind of roofing material that go into landfill, which the circularity focus is really intended to help solve for. But this, we're starting to look at issues just beyond specifically where we can play as one individual company. And we're looking at issues like urban heat and understanding that there are a lot of hard surfaces, whether it's on the ground or on roofs, uh, or elsewhere in communities, especially in urban centers. And what happens in those situations is when you have extremely hot days and extreme heat um, dynamics, like we saw the full summer of 2022, for example, you know, those hard surfaces really absorb the radiation heat that comes from the sun and keeps the temperature of that community at a very high level, both during the day when the sun's out, but also at night. And we have and have worked to create new innovations and new technologies that actually can reduce the amount of absorption that those hard surfaces can uh, take on with that radiation heat, whether it's asphalt on the ground, whether it's uh, dark roofs on buildings, um, and actually increase what's called the albedo or the reflectivity of those surfaces that disallow that storage of radiation heat that then stays for longer times during the day and specifically at night, which was when kind of the implications on public health tend to be so much greater. So we have kind of research, we have development, we have innovators within this company that are constantly looking at some of these critical issues. How can we kind of create products that help to serve communities better while at the same time really helping to address some of these critically important issues that have real public impact, public health implications associated with them. And you're so right. I mean, the, the public health component is so vital and obviously goal number three of the sustainable development goals is health and well-being. And we're looking at this from the lens of the midterms, Jeff. So the midterms meaning we're halfway there. We're halfway to 2030. We were looking at, um, 
you know, that runway, that sort of um, moment in time, as I mentioned in 2020. And here we are looking at the consumer. So as we look at that consumer that's looking at roofing and sustainability and all of the components that you're, you're living and breathing every single day in your role, how do you see your role playing a sustainable sort of leadership role within the roofing industry? And how do you think the industry should respond to changing consumer preferences and let's add attitudes to the overall structure of this? Yeah, George, I, th I think it's a really important point that you're making. And I would say this goes far beyond the roofing sector. It goes beyond the building sector. It's really about the, the growing expectation that consumers have a, about kind of the, the choices that they make, the products that they buy, the materials that they want to use. And, you know, I, I think the building sector has been slower to move to respond to kind of the growing expectations of the consumer. And as we've seen more um, younger generations getting into first-time home ownership, for example, we are seeing consumer interests and desire in wanting more sustainable either products, materials, or processes um, associated with, with what they buy. And, you know, as it relates to their homes and, and their roofs specifically, we're starting to see kind of questions. We're having more questions around where, do this, where does this product come from? How are you managing kind of these materials at the end of their useful life? So there is a, a growing expectation. I think those companies in the built environment sector and in the roofing sector that lead the way into providing the products, materials, and resources or processes kind of that consumers want um, are going to win the day. And they're going to help meet the needs of what the consumer expectation and demands are going to be. But more importantly, we have an opportunity to help them see what's possible versus what's been possible in the past. We see on the commercial sector, on the commercial building sector, the architectural design specification community has definitely been moving kind of more rapidly towards kind of the, the, the demand for green building certifications and the demand for buildings that perform better for its occupants, whether it's around indoor air quality, whether it's around operational carbon, uh, which is a major issue, um, or just overall environmental performance, which actually drives improved operating costs, reduced maintenance costs, and what have you, we're starting to see that trend on the residential side in homes increase as well. So I, I think it's, it's not just responding to growing demands of consumers. It's about leading the way and helping our, cons our, our ultimate customers kind of recognize what's available for them, which may be different from um, products and services that have been available for them in the past. So, you know, we've got to definitely kind of be there, respond, work in partnership with our customers and contractors and builders, um, but at the same time, kind of be there in supporting kind of and, and really helping to show the customer what's possible for the future. And so as you're looking at the customer, feedback is a critical component to that, right? As you mentioned, you know, the feedback the guidance, the um, 
sense of uh, sustainability actually taking root within you know the industry and the community and from the customer's perspective is so vital. How do you approach Jeff incorporating this feedback for a feedback loop and input from not only the customers but also diverse stakeholders? Which I know that you're you have a masterful way of convening. You're 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 so good at leading and bringing stakeholders to the table. And so how do you incorporate that into your work on sustainability and what mechanisms or processes do you then use to ensure that the feedback is incorporated into that loop so that it's accounted for when you're making these critical decisions? Another great question. I mean, one of the things that we do very frequently as a company is, is we spend time, whether it's through focus groups, through through conferences, through direct engagement between our, our sales organization and the contractors that we work with. Um, you know, we ask it, we ask our contractors, we ask our customers kind of what their needs are. What are they seeing? What trends? What questions are they being asked? Um, we we work closely through kind of a series of, of, of exchanges or collectives or collaboratives that we develop with customers on the commercial side of our business to really understand kind of what demands are they seeing. So we're asking questions of our customers all of the time. And I think sustainability is a key component often in the conversations that we have with our customers. We also do kind of annual um, benchmark analysis of our customers, of homeowners, of building owners as well, to really understand what's driving kind of their needs, what the demands they are having, what the expectations they're having of us are as well. And I think importantly so, as it relates to sustainability and the sustainability opportunities, innovations that we're working on, um, is it's not just my team that's tied into that work. It's our partners in research and development, it's our partners in marketing, it's our partners in contractor programs, it's um, it's all the key partners internally that we need to engage and learn firsthand from the customer that can then inform kind of the prioritization and opportunities that we have for the work that we need to do here within GAF. I'll give you a great example. One of the things that we're in the process of doing today is based on kind of the key environmental attributes that we're highly focused on tied to our 2030 planet goals, which are directly kind of correlated to the sustainable development goals um, from the UN, is we're, we're establishing a, another kind of whole stage gate process kind of with, or, or not another, but kind of we're building into the product development stage gate process key environmental attributes that we want to make sure are being considered for any new innovation or product that we're developing or the innovations that we're focused on making within our core portfolio products today. So it's it's really, it's not about siloing kind of any aspect of this work. It's about having frequent interactions with our key customers to really understand kind of what the marketplace demands are, what the customer expectations are going to be for the future, and then how all of our key internal partners are hearing that same input at the same time so that then we can make a collective better decision on what to invest in versus something else.
just simply profound. And, and, and thank you for that, because I think these insights are so critical for our global audience, the millions of people that are watching this program on IDHN TV to understand the leadership that you're bringing to the table at GAF, Jeff Terry. How do you communicate this sustainability process, impact, et cetera, and the progress of it to these different stakeholders, to these different audiences, including the industry insiders, of course, the policymakers, and then ultimately the general public. Yeah, George, it's, it's you know, really kind of communication is, is such a critical aspect to, um, to everything that we do. And, and first and foremost, it's, it's really about kind of within kind of the, the internal audiences, stakeholders and partners that we have in the business. That's where it starts first. Um, ensuring that kind of we have everybody around the table understanding kind of what we're driving, what we're working to achieve. Last year, we introduced our sustainability promise and launched our 2030 planet goals, which was a collective effort to, to gain company consensus around not just what we're working to achieve, but how we're going to deliver against those goals and not coming out with some, um, some bogus zero carbon plan by 2050 that has no roadmap on how we work to achieve it. Really very strong achievable goals that are going to stretch us, but building that communication and the collaboration, um, was the critical first step and continues to be how do we track towards these goals how do we track towards our commitments and ensuring that all the key both executive level and business partner um, level kind of partners within the business kind of are frequently kind of communicated to on the performance with that this work can't be done by itself. A lot of this work is done with external collaboratives as, as you had talked to. And, you know, that stakeholder engagement is a critically important piece. You know, our contractors are a critically important piece. So we have frequent communications tied into our existing communication channels that always have a sustainability based element or content kind of tied into our frequent and regular communications that go out to those key stakeholders. We do bring partners together. We have an incredible portfolio of, of nonprofits. Uh, we've got some critically important government relations in, in our plant communities, in future communities where we're going. Um, but then increasingly within kind of the, the federal government that has significant influence around um, kind of whether it's through the Inflation Reduction Act um, that's really incentivizing kind of focus, prioritization and spend in areas of sustainability. You know, we have key parts of the business that are targeted with engaging and uh, in those key stakeholder groups. And and we make sure that we're a part of those conversations or provide kind of the critical aspect of, of importance for our business from a sustainability perspective so that all those key stakeholders truly understand not just what we do and not what we make, but the kind of company we are, the ethos that we have, the commitments that we're having to actually improve upon society. And so again, it's not just us always delivering the message, it's about kind of ensuring that we've got partnerships with, 
with all the key relationship owners within the business and they understand what we're working to achieve as a company as well. Well, Jeff, it's incredible to appear behind the curtain to see the incredible work that you're doing at GAF. Jeff Terry, Vice President, Corporate Social Responsibility and Sustainability at GAF. Jeff, what is your call to action for our global audience and how can folks find out more about this incredible work that you're doing? Yeah, George, it's, you know, I, I think a little bit on GAF, we've we've got our story is out on, on our website, GAF.com. Um, I would in, encourage you to, to look in there. We have a whole section on sustainability, a whole section around how we show up in our communities. Um, reach out to me directly. We are constantly looking for partnerships. This work, none of this work can be done by by one organization alone. So I would I would turn that back into kind of the call to the global community here. And you know, we can establish goals for ourselves to help achieve kind of the needed work and actions to help achieve the UN sustainable development goals. But really, none of those goals are going to be achieved by themselves. So it is around collaboration. It's around learning and working together so that we can make scalable impact as opposed to incremental impact. So if we as one company make a goal to achieve this by then, that's only going to take us so far. We actually need to create those opportunities where our scaled work can actually achieve big goals not just ones that are only focused on us as an individual organization or company. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. It's, it's, you know, just incredible to have had this opportunity to share the profound work that you're doing at GAF. Jeff Terry, Vice President, Corporate Social Responsibility and Sustainability at GAF. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for the impact. Thank you for all you're doing to change the world. Thank you, George. Great to be with you.